What if I told you that in 2024, you were going to travel more? I bet you would be excited because who doesn't have travel more on their 2024 vision board? But my loves, it's time to craft a bit of an action plan and take your first steps. And this is where I come in. I'm hosting a trip to Bali, May 23rd to May 29th, 2024 for the Manifest Daily community. I'm so excited about this one. We have a jam-packed itinerary. We have a Balinese cooking class, a sacred monkey forest, visit a coffee brewing workshop, literally the works because that's just a taste of the itinerary. And this trip is a celebration of new beginnings and also a couple of birthdays. So if you're curious about Bali and you want to meet me there alongside a couple other wonderful, amazing, beautiful souls, head to my website for more information, themanifestly.com slash events. Visit the link in the show notes. And yeah, let's let's hang out in Bali. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is DeAndre Nicolette. I'm the host of Manifest Daily. If you guys are new here, welcome. So happy to have you. I'm excited that you're tuning in for this episode. And if you're an OG listener, hey girl, hey, hey boy, hey, I am so excited to have you back and listening to Manifest Daily. So y'all, if you're tuning into the podcast, hello, hello, hello. Um, I want to remind you guys that I am posting these episodes on YouTube. So feel free to check out the show notes and my YouTube, what is it? My YouTube channel link will be linked in the show notes of the podcast. So you can always find it there or just feel free to search Manifest Daily Podcast on YouTube or search my name, DeAndre Nicolette, and you will find these videos. So today is a little bit of a different kind of episode. Okay, girlies. Okay, boysies. Okay, we're doing like a Q&A. I love Q&A episodes on YouTube personally, and I just like wanted to do some sort of Q&A episode and ask you guys like, what is it about manifestation, about my journey, spirituality, like anything and everything that y'all want to know, I want to answer. So I asked y'all on Instagram, and if you missed this, feel free to make sure that you're, feel free to make sure, girl, what? Anyways, just make sure you're following me on Instagram so that you can actually like see when I do another Q&A type situation, because I personally, like I said, I like them. I don't know if y'all like them. Hopefully this hits. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it performs. But yeah, so I have the questions on my phone here. We're going to pull it up. I took a screenshot of all the questions and we are just going to dive into this episode, honey. So the first question I got is what are your top book recommendations for starting on the manifestation journey? So this is such a good question. I don't know. Have I done an episode on books? 
if I haven't, I might just do a whole episode on like books for your spiritual journey, your manifestation journey. But I have a few of my favorites with me right here. And these are definitely like not all of my favorites at all. I actually have a lot of my favorite spirituality manifestation books back home in Boston. Y'all know, you know, when you're moving states, it's just a lot. Like you have to basically like decide what you can bring and decide what's going to have to stay at home or stay with your parents or stay at the last place or be in storage or whatever the situation or the case may be. So I don't have all of my favorite books right now, but I do have two of my favorites here with me. And there's another one I want to tell you all about. So the first one is The Power of Now. It looks like this. It's by Eckhart Tolle. And it says, The Power of Now, A Guide to Spiritual Enlightenment. This is such a good book. I won't even read the back. I'm gonna just give y'all like my tea on it, okay? Period. So this book is so good because it really helps you to like tap into literally the power of now, the power of the present moment. If you're someone that um, like you find yourself getting really anxious about the future, thinking about the past a lot and feeling really sad about what you could have done differently, what you wish you could change, all those things. This book is amazing for helping you to figure out how to actually tap into the present moment and stay focused in the present moment. I think so often a lot of us are living again in the past or in the future and thinking about what we want to do and thinking about all the things we want to manifest. And that is amazing. But there is something really beautiful about really tapping into the present moment, staying focused on the present moment and actually having a lot of gratitude for where you are now and for what you have manifested and what you're experiencing in this present moment. So this book really helps you tap into that, Eckhart is one of the most, I don't even know, what is the word, like enlightened spiritual teachers of our time, I believe. Like he just has these profound insights, the way he writes, the way he is able to convey these ideas, these thoughts, like it is so amazing. And I'm someone where I personally love to write and I love to read as well. And so I love when I can identify an author who is able to take these profound ideas, right? These very esoteric ideas that can be a lot to think about, much less write about, and they can put them into a very like good package. Like I'm struggling with my words right now. And y'all, trust me, this book is so good. I feel like when you read it, you will understand every single thing that I'm saying. You're going to be like, girl, I know. Or if you've read it, you're going to be like, girl, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I will say this is one of those books and all the books I'm talking about, the three books I will mention, these are books where I don't think y'all are going to be able to read like this in a day or like you could, but the way these books are written, they are just filled with so much information, so much knowledge. I honestly feel like when I was reading The Power of Now, it's not a very thick book as you guys can see, but I would read like maybe half a chapter or a chapter at a time and like sit with it, like sit with it and truly digest it because it would be stuff where he would say something and it would be like, like mind blown. Like I'd be like, yo, like he just said something right there. He just, he just said something. <laughs> so that is one of my favorites. Another one of my favorites by Eckhart is A New Earth. That one really dives into essentially like what we're really going through right now is sort of the rise in consciousness, right? I think you guys are noticing that there's a lot of like trendiness happening with manifestation and wellness and all that stuff. And while I don't agree with some of the things that are out there and Everyone has their own opinion and everyone is completely entitled to their own beliefs and things like that. I will just say that for me personally, 
I find what I resonate with and I just like go and flow with that. But I will say that this rise in like the trendiness of this type of content is actually, I think, assisting really well with the rise of consciousness in the planet. I think a lot of people are waking up to the realization that there is more to the earth than just what we see, what we experience, the the whole reality of like you go, you, you know, you grow up, you go to school, you go to work, you get a job, you pay these bills, you retire, you die. Like there's more to it than just money. Abundance is more than just money. Money is not even like we've made up this concept of money and time and things like that. And when you really start to tap into the fact that there's so much more to this earth, to this world, to this experience than what you've been told is there. I think you start to elevate your consciousness. And that's essentially what a new earth is about. It's about that elevation of consciousness, not just within you as an individual, but within the collective and how you can sort of assist the collective by basically like nurturing your own rise in consciousness. And that is one of my favorites. Again, super profound. You will literally need to like read a little bit and like digest and then read some more and then digest. But it's so, so good. And then another favorite is this one. So this is Conversations with God. This is book one. This is by Neil Donald Walsh. This is so good. Emma, if you guys know Evolve with Emma or Alchemist Next Door on Instagram, she actually recommended this book to me. And this book, y'all, okay, this book, it is different. Okay, baby, it's different. Very similar to the other ones where it's just a lot of content in a small package. So you really need time to like read it and digest. This book is actually a book where Neil sits down and he has this conversation with God. And so he's writing and he's writing these questions. And in his conversation, this dialogue that he's having, he's recording the answers that God is giving him, right? And so he's sort of channeling through this divine conversation and recording it in the book. And that's essentially what the book is. It's literally, you know, a, a conversation where Neil asks a question or has a comment or has a reply and God answers or has a comment or reply. And it's sort of a back and forth until you get to the end of the book. There's a book two and a book three. I will say I started book two. I didn't find it as profound as book one. I think book one, honestly, just like when I read book one, I feel like it literally changed part of my journey. Like the way I perceived certain things, the way I was going about my life, certain things changed after reading Conversations with God book one. It's not really, I would say, like religious in the sense of there, there isn't, I mean, I, I don't know if he references any particular stories of the Bible, but it's not necessarily a religious story in that way. It's very more so channeling things, philosophical and spiritual, I would say, versus being religious despite the title. But that book actually influenced this tattoo. I don't know if you guys can see it. This tattoo is a tattoo that says Samadhi, and it essentially means this bonding with the divine, with source, with God, with spirit. It's essentially what the, the word means. And I actually encountered that word in the book. And when I saw it, I remember being like, I'm going to get this tattooed. And I think I might name my daughter Samadhi because it is such a beautiful word and it has such a beautiful meaning to it. So yeah. So these are three books I highly recommend on your journey. I would say, like I said, they are very heavy in content and very, very deep and profound. So I would absolutely recommend maybe journaling, 
after reading some of this, having conversations with your friends, if you can, if they want to read it with you too. But it's something where it's like you read it. And honestly, I'm actually going to be rereading Conversations with God book one. And I honestly think I'm going to reread The Power of Now this year. And I'm probably going to reorder A New Earth to come here in Dallas so I can reread that as well, just because those books have changed my life completely. So hopefully that answers your question. The next question is, what would be the one thing that helped you the most to gain control of your life path? So this is interesting because I, when I read this question and it was phrased in such a way as like, you know, gain control, I think I understand the, the root of the question, right? And I think the root of the question is really asking, what is the thing that helps me most to feel empowered, I would say, on my path? Because in terms of control, the thing that helped me feel in control, for lack of a better word, was realizing that I can't control everything. It's ironic, yes, but that was a really, really freeing thought. I think when you feel as if everything is within your control, and I know some people who talk about manifestation talk about it in such a way as if we're in control of everything. I don't personally believe that. I believe that we have free will and we do have control of certain things on our path. But I do believe that some things are divinely orchestrated. Some things are divinely led. For example, when we talk about divine time, right? If we talk about manifesting a certain thing, if you had complete power, right? You could have that thing right now, right away. The thing is that there are certain things that may need to happen, that may need to be orchestrated, that you have no idea about, that want to bring you, that basically will empower the situation so that you are brought that thing at the right time, the right place, the right moment for you. And that's what I mean by there are certain things that are out of our control. And I think once you realize that it's actually a very freeing thought, because then you can go about really taking control of the things that are in your control. How many times have I said control? Take a shot every time I said control. Y'all gonna be drunk as hell, girl, okay? <laughs> but that's what I mean. So in terms of the thing that I would say empowered me most on my path would be recognizing that dedication and perseverance are so, so, so important to manifesting anything that you want in your life. Dedication, perseveration, girl, perspiration, no, dedication, per oh my gosh, dedication, perseverance, consistency, and action, I would say. If ever there's something that you want to manifest and you want to bring into your life, especially if it's kind of this like goal that you feel like is a really big life goal, you have to be willing and ready to take action. Yes, there's a part of that process. I'm so sorry, guys. If you can hear the noise of the person upstairs, I, for the life of me, do not know what they're doing. And this is why I'm moving. This is literally why I'm moving. Anyways, if you want to achieve or do something in your life, like, yes, there is a part of that thing that is divinely led, divinely controlled. There is a divine time aspect of it. There is miracles, like, or there are miracles, rather, where things that you have no, like, clue how they will happen, but they can happen for you. But there's also the action part of it. And for me, I think once I realized like there are certain things that I can control, if I want to live the life that I want, I have to be willing to take consistent action on those things to basically not just see my life for what it is right now, but see it for what I'm working towards, if that makes sense. So a lot of times when we're taking consistent action or when we're taking action towards a certain dream or a certain goal that we have, 
We can feel really discouraged when we're taking action day in and day out for like a week or a month or whatever and nothing is happening or seemingly seemingly nothing is happening. So we feel discouraged and we're like, okay, well, that's a fail. Like I'm not going to do X, Y, and Z anymore because it's not doing anything. Well, half the time you, there are things happening behind the scenes that you have no idea about. Half the time things are snowballing in a certain way so that you're going to get that end goal that you want in a much bigger and better way than you could have ever imagined. But in order to do so, you have to continue to take the action. So for me, taking control has looked like taking action, taking consistent action, being dedicated, persevering, even when it looks like things aren't happening, even when it looks like things may be moving backwards, even when it looks like it's stagnant, because I know that's simply not true. I know that all the action that I'm putting in is going towards something and it is going to pay off. So I would say that has been like the biggest game changer because you can't buy consistency. You can't buy dedication. And half the time, you know, a lot of people, are really talented, but because they don't take consistent action on something, they end up not realizing a certain dream because they are not consistently acting towards that dream, if that makes sense. Okay, so the next question is how to deal with a close family member who doesn't agree with what you do for a living and they start treating you like crap because of it. This might be an unpopular opinion, but I honestly feel like if you have family members in your life who are really toxic to your specific reality to the point where they are just not supportive of your dreams, your goals, not supportive of what you're doing, not supportive of you as a human being, I am a huge like fan of just cutting those people out of your life. And I know that sounds really harsh and I know it's obviously easier said than done, but here's what I think about it. I feel like if you have a family member like that and you have tried to speak to them several times, you have set boundaries, you have said, hey, like, I don't like the way you speak to me about this. Like, I need support in this area and they're not receptive of that information at some point in time you have to be the person looking out for yourself and looking out for yourself can look like basically cutting off access to yourself from that person for a little bit as until they get the message and if they never get the message you have to also be ready to accept that specific outcome as well i think that sometimes we allow a lot of toxic behavior and just toxic, like just the way people speak to us, disrespect, right? Things like that from family members because we're like, oh, they're family. Like, oh, that's my parent. Oh, that's my aunt. Oh, that's whoever. And it almost feels like if they are an elder or a parent or a family member or whatever, that we have to tolerate disrespect, that we have to tolerate toxicity. Y'all, please bear with me for this episode, okay? <laughs> that we have to tolerate that. And we don't. The fact of the matter is we don't. We get to choose the relationships in our life. And yes, you don't necessarily get to choose your family members, but you get to choose if you want to continue to cultivate relationships with those said family members. I would say really set boundaries and have that conversation with that person. Maybe they're not aware of the way that they are talking to you and the way that they are treating you, especially if they have had similar situations in their life where they were spoken to a certain way and they were treated a certain way. And that's why they're now basically repeating that behavior because they haven't simply addressed it in their upbringing. If that's the case, maybe they just have no idea. Um, maybe you need to actually 
actually set those boundaries and put your foot down because we do have a responsibility, especially as children, especially as family members of people who may or may not be toxic to us. We have a responsibility to let them know what our boundaries are and to let them know where we draw the line because oftentimes they're going to keep jumping over that line if they don't know that line is there. Now, if you set a boundary, if you set a line and they cross that line, you get to decide how how often or how many times do they get to cross that line until it's like until it's cut, until it's finished. I'm such a fan of again setting those boundaries, having those really tough conversations. It can be awkward, it can be hard. You may have a parent or family member that just chooses not to listen, that chooses not to respect your boundaries. And if that is the case, I feel like if you have the ability to, because sometimes you know you may live with those people, so it is hard to like cut them off, so to speak. If you have the ability to, I would say distance yourself from that person and see what that does to your life. See how that makes you feel. See if you are able to thrive and pursue the things that you want to. But just have that honest conversation and see where that goes. And again, if they continue to push that boundary, then you know it's not necessarily because they weren't aware of it. It's just because they don't respect it. And that is another situation that you're going to have to figure out how you want to deal with if and when that time does come. So the next question is choosing manifestations. How to know if it didn't work out because of blockages or it's just not for you? I would say I choose manifestations differently in this part of my journey because right now it's very, very intuitively led. Oftentimes the way I start my process of setting goals or thinking about what I want to manifest is thinking about the type of life that I want to live and the type of woman that I want to be to live that life. I don't always have a very clear picture, right? I don't always have like a very clear picture of like exactly where I'm going to be, exactly what my house will look like, exactly what you know, my reality will look like. But I have a good idea of certain things that I do want to experience, a certain way that I do want to live and a certain way that I do want to feel. Once I actually think about that and sort of like have that in my realm of thought, I can then kind of work backwards and think about like, okay, what things would I want to manifest or what things are like within that vision? So oftentimes for many people, they think about a certain lifestyle and they think about money. Or they think about a certain lifestyle and they think about living in a certain place. And so for them, it's easy to think about manifesting a certain amount of money or manifesting a certain living space. I will say that's kind of how I work backwards from it. It's just sort of thinking about like, what's that next level for me? And I actually will have an episode coming up talking about my goals for the next 16 months and the exact like I'm literally walking you guys through like step by step me breaking down how I am going about manifesting these specific things and how I'm going about like working towards these specific goals. So that will be coming soon. But yeah, I just like to think of like that big picture. What feels good for me? What what do I visualize when I think of that next level for myself and working backwards from that? So as far as not knowing if the manifestations are for you because they're blocks or because they're not for you, that is a tough one. I will say that for a lot of things in my life, at least, when I have kept pushing and pushing and pushing and it just didn't work out right, like I would feel like this pit in my stomach. That was kind of my indication that that thing was not for me and that I was trying to force something to work. I think a lot of my examples, unfortunately, have come in dating where if I had been trying to manifest a certain type of partner and I thought, oh, this person could be that type of partner and I would get like these little like almost like signs that something was off, but I would keep pushing and pushing and pushing, trying to make it work, trying to be like, oh, this thing is for me. This thing is for me. This person is for me. I would keep encountering pushbacks. 
And I would keep encountering situations where I would literally feel like this pit in, in my stomach, like this pit in my stomach that was telling me this, there's something off here. There's something wrong about the situation, even though a lot of times I didn't want to listen to it. That for me is my personal indication when I'm pushing and something isn't for me. There's another side to that coin though, where for example, in my content creation journey, there have been times where I have been super, super committed, dedicated, consistent with my podcast, and it's felt like it hasn't been growing. And in those moments, I thought maybe I am pushing, right? Maybe I am pushing, even though intuitively, I didn't feel like I was pushing. Intuitively, I felt like I was just taking action, taking inspired action. And I would have thoughts about quitting the podcast and I would get a message from someone or I would get a sign or something that would say, keep going, like keep going. I needed that episode, keep going. This episode like saved me from doing X, Y, and Z. This episode showed me I could do X, Y, and Z. And that was sort of my like nudge, my push from the universe, angels, outside sources, reminding me that everything I was doing was for a bigger reason, for a bigger reason than myself and then this present moment. And so, Again, personally, whenever I've encountered a situation where like I'm pushing and pushing and pushing and there's this pit in my stomach and something feels off, that's typically my indication that that thing is not for me. There's something that that's ego driven about that thing. There's something that's ego driven about the situation and about me wanting to make it work versus it being actually divinely led and versus me just taking like action towards it, if that makes sense. So I would say definitely use your own discernment with that. I think we all have that sort of like internal meter that can let us know when we are pushing something too hard, when we are really trying to force something to work and it's not from a place of divine guidance or intuitive nudges, it's from a place of ego and it's from a place of wanting to make something work because we're trying to achieve a certain accolade that we think is going to make our life better and maybe it's not. Maybe it's just that we think it's going to change everything. And maybe we just need to take a step back and figure out what it is that we actually do want to do and actually do want to pursue and actually do want to manifest, even if it may not look like the traditional successful measures of life. Another question is, what's your advice for navigating the in-between phase? So this is this is really hard sometimes. And this kind of goes along with the last question. So I'm actually going to put the two together. So it's the, what's your advice for navigating the in-between phase? And the last question is what does surrounding or surrounding, what does surrendering look like to you? Any practices around it? So for me, these two are linked because I believe in the in-between phase, you are being called to surrender. Um, and if you're unfamiliar with what the in-between phase is, the in-between phase is basically when you are calling something in and you're in that in-between phase of like you're you're in the moment where that thing is not yet in your life but you know it's coming like you you do believe and have faith that it is coming in some shape and form but you're not seeing it yet and so you're in between and i think in that moment it is key to surrender and obviously i have talked about surrendering so many times on this podcast and how hard it is for me because I'm a person where I like to have that, what we talked about earlier in the episode, that control, right? I like to know exactly what is happening, know when something is happening, have have everything mapped out. I'm definitely an, a spreadsheet type of girl. Like if you've ever planned a vacation with me or done anything with me, you know, I literally do everything in Google Sheets. Like that is literally how I make a list for everything. Like that's literally, I cannot go to the grocery store without making a list because then I just pick up random things. Like I am that type of person. So surrendering is a very tough practice for me to adopt. What's helped me most in that in-between phase when I'm being called to surrender 
is really realizing and recognizing the past times that I have been called to surrender and what happened then. So what I mean by that is oftentimes in the moments when we're calling something in and when something's not happening, we start to sort of panic and we start to sort of feel like, oh my God, is it not going to happen for me? Like, oh my gosh, like, should I be doing more? Or like, we start to have these feelings of just anxiety and concern because we don't see that thing manifesting and coming through. But oftentimes that's because we're in that moment of the in-between phase, right? And we're forgetting what it felt like in the past when we call that thing in. And so I'll often look to times in my past where I have really wanted something, wanted to call something and knew it was coming in for me. I had the panic moments. I had the anxiety and it didn't really do much for me except to make me panicked and worried. And then I just sort of forgot about it. I was like, I'm going to forget about it. I'm going to make myself, I'm going to like busy myself with other things, forget about it. And that thing came in faster it came in much more, much bigger and better than I could have ever imagined. And when I remember those moments, I really think about the fact that right now in this moment, if I choose to get anxious or if I choose to worry about what it is that I'm calling in, that does me no good. That does not serve me in any way other than to make me anxious, tired, scared, oftentimes have a headache or a stomachache. Versus if I just realize like, you know what? It's coming. And if it doesn't come in the package that I think it's going to come in, it's going to come in a bigger and better package, something that's much more suited for me in my life. And I know that because in all the other times when I've chosen to call something in, when I've chosen to have faith, when I've chosen to believe, things came in in bigger and better packages than I could have ever imagined. And so that's that's kind of what I do is I just look to the past to remember. I look to the past for confirmation that what I am calling in in the future is coming in and it's coming in much bigger and better than I could have imagined. I also think that taking your mind off of it is really helpful, right? Part of the surrender process is not necessarily to give up on your manifestation. Sometimes we can confuse surrendering with giving up and deciding, oh, I don't want that thing anymore. Oh, I don't care anymore. And yeah, sometimes that that energy of giving up is the energy of forgetting about it. And it can oftentimes help you to call that thing in. But I also think that you don't need to give up to surrender, right? Um, You need to just give it over to the divine, give it over to God, to the universe. So it's not necessarily giving up on the thing and deciding that you don't care or it's not worth it or it's not going to happen for you. But it's more so taking the burden of the work off of yourself and putting it on God. If you have done everything that you can do, and if you are continuing to do everything that you can do, right, all that's left is the work of the divine. And that's work that you simply cannot do. So why are you worried about it? You shouldn't be worried about it. It's not your work. It's like if we're talking about co-creation and we're talking about teamwork, you're doing one part, God is doing one part. You cannot try to do the work of God in the same way that God cannot do the work of you. He can inspire you and you can be inspired to take action in your life, but you cannot do the divine's work. What that means is that if you have to take action towards something, right, if you're working towards a specific goal and you're taking the action, whether that be saving money, whether that be working on yourself, going to therapy, whether that means that you are doing some sort of action or taking some sort of action every single day towards that specific goal, you're doing what you need to. So trust and believe that every single thing is happening, even though, again, in the present moment, in the in the like the reality that we see with our eyes, it may seem like nothing is happening, nothing is moving forward. Just know that as long as you are taking the action and holding that faith, things are happening. Wheels are churning that you have no idea they're churning. They're churning behind the scenes. 
So that is another thing I do. And um, it is also really helpful to take your mind off things. So for me, as you guys know, I talked about in my dating episode, just sort of like manifesting a divine partner for yourself. One of the things that's helped me in dating is to take my mind off it. So I deleted dating apps. I don't, they were just also making me really angry and annoyed. So I deleted dating apps. But what I am doing right now is I've shifted my focus, right? If I'm not dating right now, I'm going to shift my focus to myself into bettering myself, into creating the life that I want on my own so that when that partner comes in, it's going to be something that we can continue to elevate together and take our lives to amazing, great heights together. And so I truly believe that in this moment of surrender, I've said, you know, God, I'm, I'm, I've done what I can do in the dating space. I'm going to go ahead and like work on myself and let you let you work on the partner, let you work on bringing in that person to me and putting me in the right place, right time that I need to be to meet that person. But in the meantime, I'm going to go do what I have to do to continue to make my life the best it can be in this moment, in this chapter that I am single. And that is one way of like surrendering and letting go is to say, how can I shift my focus to other things in my life, other places in my garden that need to be tended to. It's not necessarily, again, that you're giving up on the thing, but you're saying, okay, I've done what I need to. I, I've done all that I can in this particular area. Now I'm going to go and tend to something else that needs my attention. And if you haven't done all that you can in any particular area, feel free to do what you can in that area of whatever it is that you're calling in. But then once that's done, give it over to God, give it over to the universe and go tend to something else in your garden. There are other things that you need to do, other ways that you can continue to elevate your life. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to be so hyper-focused on one specific area all the time. Because then what happens? All the other places in your garden, all the other flowers, all the other grass is going to die as you are so hyper-focused on growing this one area. So yes, that is my advice for that. And those are all of the questions. So I truly enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed answering you guys' questions. I enjoy chatting with you guys for this Q&A. Let me know if you guys have any other questions or if you actually really like this episode, I will do like another Q&A and answer some more questions. And definitely like, again, they can be manifestation related. They can be about me. They can be about the move. They can be about honestly anything. Like I'm so open and ready to answer all the questions and just like help you guys along on your journey. But thank you so much for listening to this episode, for subscribing to the podcast on YouTube, on Apple, on Spotify, wherever you're listening to this and for following along on my journey. I truly appreciate you guys and I will chat with you in the very next episode. Bye my loves. What if I told you that in 2024, you were going to travel more? I bet you would be excited because who doesn't have travel more on their 2024 vision board? But my loves, it's time to craft a bit of an action plan and take your first steps. And this is where I come in. I'm hosting a trip to Bali, May 23rd to May 29th, 2024 for the Manifest Daily community. I'm so excited about this one. We have a jam-packed itinerary. We have a Balinese cooking class, a sacred monkey forest, visit a coffee brewing workshop, literally the works because that's just a 
taste of the itinerary. And this trip is a celebration of new beginnings and also a couple of birthdays. So if you're curious about Bali and you want to meet me there alongside a couple other wonderful, amazing, beautiful souls, head to my website for more information, themanifestly.com slash events. Visit the link in the show notes. And yeah, let's let's hang out in Bali. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.